things that they're believing for, uh, the struggles that they find themselves in. And uh, has anybody here had any struggles with your faith at all? I just was curious. I want to make sure I'm in the right place, because if you guys all got it all figured out, I'm in the wrong place this morning. But uh, Peter is writing to these guys, and he, you know, by the Spirit to encourage them. And he says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. He said, in this, in that salvation, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though you do not see him yet, you believe you're believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so he talks about here the trial of our faith or the genuineness of our faith or the faith that that goes through difficulty. And one of the, one of the things that you learn soon, quickly about believing God is, is that there will be trial. There will be times when it's difficult to stand, when it seems like things aren't working out the right way. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, according to the plans that you thought, the way that they should work out. And, uh, but you stand in faith and you keep believing God. And uh, so I shared with you a little bit over the last several weeks a couple of thoughts from Scripture of two people and what they did, what they were admonished to do when they faced difficulty. The first was Peter. I mean, Peter watched everything fall apart uh, as he was on, as Jesus was on trial. He basically denied the Lord uh, three times, which the Lord said, "This is what's going to happen." And uh, the uh, you know, it's always easy to make a bold declaration when things are easy, but when things get tough, that's when it's tough to make a bold declaration. Can you say Amen? And so Peter was put on trial, and uh, Brother Osteen used to, John Osteen used to preach a, a, a sermon about Peter. He said he was by the fire, he was in the fire, and then he, on the day of Pentecost, he got on fire. So uh, I thought that was a great message. But Peter really was going through a difficult trial, this trial that he was facing, and he denied the Lord. But the Lord had told him before all this happened, he said, listen, Peter, you know, the devil has wanted to, to destroy you. But he says, I have prayed for you. And I love that we were talking about that in the worship this morning. But I have prayed for you. I, make, I ever live to make intercession for my people. And I have prayed for you. And he says that when you come through this, which is good encouragement because you're going to come through this, amen, and you're going to come through whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever it is, at whatever level it is, you're going to come through it. And um, so... Uh, he said, when you come through it, then he says, I want, you to, I want you to go and I want you to encourage your brethren. Get them encouraged too. Now, he didn't say that to all of them, but he did say that to Peter. And so the first phrase that we stand by whenever we're, faith is in the fire is, is that we believe the intercessor over the accuser. We believe the intercessor over the accuser. The second one is David. David, uh, great man of God, great warrior, you know, Defeated Goliath, defeated Goliath, 
defeated so many different, you know, adversaries, the lion, the bear. Uh, he was a mighty man of God. Took a bunch of, I mean, the, one of the stories about David, I haven't talked a lot about this uh, in the last several years, but David took a bunch of crooks, basically, and turned them into leaders. I mean, he was that, he was that good at what he did that in the cave of Agilom, he gathered together all of the thieves, he gathered together all of the drunks, he gathered together all the messed up people who had been in trouble with the law, kind of like Amazing Grace, and, and well, not all of you, but some of you. And he gathered them all together, and he actually made a great army out of them. Mighty men, they were called mighty, David's mighty men. I mean, can you imagine that? So people that had a, a story, a history of just bad reputations, all of a sudden became known to the Israelites as mighty men of valor. And so David faced a terrible battle, though, where his family was all taken, all the men's families were taken in Ziklag. When that happened, uh, the, everybody cried till they couldn't cry anymore. All the men did. And then on top of that, they got mad at David because he was their leader. And so they talked about killing David. And the Bible says that David was greatly, he was overwhelmed with the situation. I don't know if you've ever been overwhelmed by something that's gone on in your life. But David was overwhelmed. And in that moment of overwhelmed, it says that David then encouraged himself in the Lord, or as one translation says, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And so we talked about last week how that there are times in our lives where we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord to remember the goodness of God, that God has, it, look, it's not always been bad. No matter what you're going through, it hasn't always been that way. Uh, there have been good days. There have, you know, there have been times when things were awesome and you felt on top of, uh, of your game and everything seemed to be moving the right direction. And then there are days when it seems like nothing is going right and everything is going the wrong direction. This week, uh, I had a situation that happened. Um, I had uh, had a, it was on Wednesday and I had a, I went down, worked out with Joe. We had an awesome workout and then I came home went to the office, and I was in the office. I had a counseling appointment in the afternoon and then some meetings and uh, had a great counseling appointment. And then I had to go pick up a 1,000 pounds of feed and uh, to take back for our cows. And so I went and picked the feed up, loaded it up in the back of the truck, was going to take it down to the barn and unload it into my barn. And when I got home that afternoon, about 3.30 in the afternoon, all my barn doors were all open, and uh, one of the cows was out, and it was raining. And lo and behold, what I found out was, is, is that someone had come down and gone through my shop, opened the doors while we were gone. Uh, they couldn't get in the house, but they had got in the shop, and then they got in the barn and let one of my cows out, had opened all the pens up. So I have a pig that probably goes close to 400 pounds, and uh, you don't want to mess with her. And uh, so she's tough, and I have a ram that he'll put you down in a second. So I go in, and I get home, I, it's raining, I got my good clothes on, I got a cow running loose, the doors are open, and I'm trying to th figure out what am I supposed to do. So I jump out of the vehicle in my good clothes and I start going after the cow. He takes off running around the building, okay? Because you don't chase them, you cannot chase a cow. So he, take, he takes off, and so, so then, so then I, 
So then while he's walking around, because I see he's staying close to the barn, I called the sheriff to come over, you know, to come out because somebody had broken into our stuff. And so I made that call, and then I got out and went, went back and, uh, to get him and bring, try to get him to come in. And I kid you not, I'm walking on the outside of my barn in the front part of it, He's standing in front of me. I've got a little bit of grain, you know, trying to get him to follow after me. And all of a sudden, bam, my other cow comes leaping halfway out the window. I'm not kidding. Leaps halfway out. Now, I can't get all the way out because the window's not big enough. But he dives through, and both arms are sticking out, and he's just hanging there like this. I'm thinking, is... is Am I on candid camera? What's going on here? My cat, this is a true story. I, I'm not embellishing this at all, okay? He's hanging outside the window, and I keep noticing his head keeps bobbing. I go in the barn to, to get him loose. My ram is bamming him in the back of his butt, hitting him in the butt, keeps hitting him. He's peeing all down the wall. And, the, and, and, I, and I'm like, look, they don't write, there is no book that tells you what to do in these kinds of things, right? I mean, you're just like, my brain is on tilt. I'm t I, that was my dream life, yes. And uh, so, so I, I pull him out of the window, because he's about passed out now, because he's half choked in that window. Pull him out. I get the ram away, you know, finally get. They're called rams for a reason, right? And uh, so I pull, I pull him out. He's just standing there, dazed, can't, doesn't know what to do. Doesn't, the ram is getting ready to relaunch. He's ready to go, right? So I have to tackle him, get him out of there. And, the, and, and then I finally get him where he has some sense, and I can get him out of their pen. So somebody had put him in their pen. He's normally not in there. So I still got the cow outside. I go outside, and I walk. I think, well, what I'll do is I'll just walk around the other side of the barn and uh, see if I can't get him to get back in the barn to walk around. And uh, while I'm walking, I'm thinking, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I can't get this cow. Nobody. I thought I saw a truck. It, you know, it's one of those things that, like, I saw somebody in their truck coming down the road, and they stopped and they turned around. I thought, thank God, help is on the way, and they just kept going. <laughs> I guess they just wanted to see how bad it was, you know. <laughs> so I'm standing there. And I'm in the, I'm like looking at this and, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will help you. And so, man, I, I'm just standing out there and I'm thinking, well, I'm just going to start praying in tongues. I don't know what else to do here. And so I just started praying in tongues out loud. And so my cow, the other cow, he's just staring at me like, what the heck are you doing? You know, like some of you look at us when we speak in tongues. And so he's like staring at me and trying to figure out what's happening. Why is this all going on? And I just walk over towards him and he takes off and runs in the barn. And I get him back in his pen. So it was all averted. I mean, I lost a window and you know, some stuff, but nothing was stolen off the property, and uh, thank God for that, and uh, we caught the person that did it, 
And uh, so, you know, we, they'll have to deal with that. But, but you know, it's just the, that we all face days like that, right? I mean, things that just go totally. I mean, have you ever had a kid, you know, your baby, you just love that baby, and then it gets diarrhea, and then it blows out its diaper. Have you ever had one of those kinds of deals where the baby, I mean, and you're out in public, it isn't going to happen at home. No, it happens when you're out in pu public, and they blow out the diaper, it's on you, it's on your clothes, it's on the baby, it smells, it's horrible, and you're like, what in the world? Or a tire blows out in the rain. Well, what do we do when we hit those kinds of situations? Because to me, those are trials. Now, are they extreme? Yes, and thank God, you know, we've lived on, lived on the farm for a year and a half, and we haven't had those kinds of things happen. So praise the Lord for that. We've never had anybody trespass on our property. And, uh, but, you know, so, but those things can happen. And so when it does happen, you know, what do we do? Well, here I am preaching this series, and I thought it wouldn't be good if I didn't practice what I preach, <laughs> right? To believe the accuser over the or to believe the intercessor, I'm sorry, over the accuser, and to encourage myself in the Lord. So I remember that the next part of what we're going to get into today was how the children of Israel faced a terrible crisis overnight, how that everything got bad in one day and turned against them. And that's in the book of Second Chronicles. So if you turn there with me, Second Chronicles, I know that sounds like an unbelievable story, and believe me, it was unbelievable to me as well. Had I not lived it, I would not believe it. But you know, tough things happen to good people. They do. And uh, you know, that's just the way that things go sometimes. It gets difficult, and you just got to know what to do. Uh, at least you won't know definitely everything to do, but at least you know what to do spiritually when you face those situations. So it happened in verse 1. It happened, chapter 20, I'm sorry, chapter 20. I mean, great things are happening with the Israelites. I mean, it's really, it's really awesome. And uh, uh, I mean, in fact, chapter 19 finishes with these words, behave courageously and the Lord will be with, and the Lord will be with the good. And then it says this, and it happened. Everybody say it happened. Yeah. So you know stuff all of a sudden can happen. I mean, it just all of a sudden turns. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And then came some came, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Engadi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So I want you, if you write in your Bible, you can underline that word seek, that they sought the Lord, that Jehovah, or Jehoshaphat, excuse me, he, he was afraid, he feared, he was afraid. But instead of just sitting in fear, he set himself to seek the Lord. So you can underline that in your Bible. He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, and they all gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And for all the cities of Judah came to, once again, to seek 
the Lord. Now, it's estimated by historians that there was a million men in this army that were coming against Israel, a million men. So it, it, was, it was odds that were not favorable for, Israel, for Judah in this battle at all. I mean, it was, it was a situation that they knew in and of themselves, without God's help, they could not, they could not win this battle. It was, a, it was a lost cause. And Jehoshaphat was afraid. Here's the thing, I just want to encourage you. It's, it's, it's all right that you become afraid, but it's very wrong that you stay afraid. We all get afraid. You know, we all deal with that at times. A bad report that comes to us, something financial, physical, with our kids. Everybody deals with fear. Everybody here does. But when you and I, when we deal with fear, if we allow it to stay resident, it will become president. And if it becomes president, it will rule and reign over your life, and you can't let that happen. You know, the, that, that's where anxiety begins to take over our life. We become anxious. We become fearful. We're waiting for the next thing to go wrong. And we have to deal with that. We have to recognize that fear, though fear is an important part of our understanding that, you know, thank God there are things that, you know, we know that we should just be careful about because bad things could happen if we do that. You know, we should be fearful of standing in the middle of the road out here on 46. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not in here worrying about being in the middle of the road on 46 because I've learned that that's not a good place to be. So see, fear brings, you know, the fear of the Lord is a, is a great thing, the Bible tells us. And it's an important thing. It's the principal thing to fear the Lord. Not that we're wanting to stay away from the Lord, but we are adhering to the information that God gives to us. We recognize how important and valuable what God says to us is. So all of us deal with fear in some capacity. But what do you do when you are afraid? You know, when my daughter laid in the hospital, I was afraid. I was afraid. One, I was afraid because everything that I believed wasn't working. It wasn't working. It didn't look like it was working, at least on the outside. But, but, but the thing is, is that even though I was afraid, and even though that fear may have been there, I love what Chuck was saying earlier. And, you know, Psalm 27 is such a powerful passage in the scripture because it talks about when David said that I was afraid. He said, listen, I was scared. I was, everybody was against me. Everything was going wrong. Everybody was turning on me. But what I did to turn that was is that I put my mind on the Lord. I remembered who my God was. I remembered that God is with me. I remember that, look, no matter what life does, no matter what I face in life, like my pastor, you know, his wife was diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago, and I mean, she was crying, she was upset, uh, they, they were telling her, you know, that you're going to have to go through chemo, you're going to have to go through all this stuff, I mean, she was afraid, and it, you know, we have enough stories of people that have dealt with cancer that that could create fear that when the doctor says that, and she was afraid, and, her, and my pastor said to her, he said, Vicki, what are you afraid of? And she says, I'm afraid I'm I'm afraid that I'll die. This will be it. And he says, Vicki, here's the thing. If you die, where are you going? Well, I'm going to be with the Lord. And so whenever she got to that point, this understanding to remember, look, remember who you are. You're a blood-bought, born-again child of God. Everybody here is going to die eventually. 
The key is, where are you going when you do? See, if we're always living in fear of a cancer report or we're afraid of a, you know, a plane going down or a car crashing or something, if we live in that kind of an environment, then what happens to us? We, we're, we're scared. We're, we're fearful of all things. It affects every part of our life. And to, to overcome that, the key is, and this is what the early believers did, you know, from the beginning was is that they knew that no matter what life threw at them, no matter what they faced in this life, even death, that nothing can separate us from the love of our God. And so in the end, as Romans 8 says, we're more than, Romans 12 says, Romans 8, excuse me, we're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us because death can't even beat us. Oh, death, where is your grave? Where's your victory? You don't have one. You can't win. You can't beat the believer. You cannot beat the believer. Only the believer can beat the believer. Say that with me. Only the believer can beat the believer. The devil can't beat you. Life can't beat you. Death cannot beat you. Poverty cannot beat you. Sickness cannot beat you. Only you can beat you. So the Israelites seek the Lord. And what does that mean for you and I? It means that we put our thoughts towards God. We put our complete focus. It means we set ourselves in a place and in an environment where we are completely focused on the Lord. That's what Jehoshaphat did. They shut everything else out so that they could focus completely on the Lord. Now, I realize that can be difficult in our world today because there's, we, we live in a noisy world. And it's tough sometimes to find that kind of time that we can... I'm not talking about your daily devotions now. I'm talking about where we just take time to silence everything and just wait on the Lord, to wait and to, add, to talk with God. That's a tough... It's a discipline. It's a tough thing to do because we'll, our minds are so active. We have thousands of thoughts that run through our minds in a minute. I mean, it just all the time, thinking, thinking, thinking. And if we don't take time to just totally set our heart and our mind on Him. And Isaiah, he said it like this, God will give perfect peace to those whose mind is stayed upon Him. If we can get our mind on the Lord, that's what Jehoshaphat did. He was afraid, but he said, look, we're going to seek the Lord. We're going to wait on God. We're going to get a word from God. We know our, you know, we may be dealing with difficulty today, but the answer is in the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. Our guidance is in the Lord. Our victory is in the Lord. And so we're going to seek Him until we find the answer. Now, let me tell you something. I guarantee 100% of the time, 100% of the time, that if you'll set yourself to seek the Lord, you will always hear His voice. Always. I guarantee it. If you set yourself to seek the Lord, if you close out things in your life and say, okay, I'm not going to watch TV tonight. I'm just going to take some time, you know, in my bedroom, on my knees, praying and talking to the Lord. I'm just going to listen. God, or, you know, I found, like, uh, sometimes when I'm running, I hear from God so strong when I'm running. And I think the reason is, is because it takes everything in me to focus on running without falling over, that my body is so engaged in what's happening there that my spirit, my mind is focused somewhere else and my spirit, just the spirit begins to speak to me. Some of the greatest revelations I've had came while I was out walking or running away from people. 
Now, I'm just like the next guy. I like to wear, hear my music while I'm running, looking for some motivation, you know, all that kind of stuff. But there are times you just have to shut everything off, silence the noise, and seek the Lord. What did Jehoshaphat do? He sought the Lord. And a word came. And you know, it was an amazing word. I mean, it was so amazing. Because this word that came, the prophet begins to speak and says to, to, to them, in verse, um, go to verse 15. The prophet said, listen to all, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And you, I love this, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. It's not your battle. It's God's battle. Here's the thing. There are things in our lives that we still are thinking they're our battle. They're our battle. And as long as you think that's your battle, you're retaining ownership of that battle. You're, not, you're keeping that battle under your control. But when you realize the battle is not yours, the battle you're fighting is the battle of faith. It's to keep your faith in what God has promised in His Word. It's to look in the midst of the storm to say, no, I see that my God is my deliverer. I see that God is with me. I see that God is going to help me through this to stand upon His promises. But if you and I think that the battle is mine, it's a losing battle. You can't win the battle. You couldn't win it in the first place. And you're not going to win it in the last place. The battle is the Lord's. Now, would it make a difference in that battle you're facing right now? Whatever it is. If you heard the Lord say to you, it's not your battle. This is my battle. Turn it over to me. Would it make a difference? Turn it over to me. Well, for them, they were in such a desperate situation that they said, all right, it's the Lord's battle. So we're going to take this huge, I mean, this really huge step of faith. I mean, this is, this is faith at work, friend. Look at this in, the, in this passage. All right, verse, um, in verse uh, 17. So you'll not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. For the Lord is with you. And so what did they do in response to that in verse 19? Then the, uh, excuse me, verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and all these people, they began to lift up their voices on high. And then in verse 20, they got up early in the morning. They went out to the wilderness of Tekoa where this million-man army was. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when they had consulted with the people, they appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army, and they were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And love this in verse 20. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, 
This is what God is waiting on you for. When you begin to sing and praise. See, people, people say, what's the evidence of faith? Well, the word is the evidence of faith, but what is the real evidence of faith? The real evidence of faith is what you will praise God for. What you will praise God for. If you can't praise Him for it, then you don't believe He'll do it. Okay? See, praise is the evidence of faith. Say, well, no, no, Pastor, I believe, I believe. Okay, well, then praise Him for it. You say, well, you mean just start praising Him that it's done? Uh Uh-huh. You mean praise Him like He's going to do it? Uh Uh-huh. Praise Him like it's already taken care of? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So what did they begin to do? They began to praise the Lord and say, praise the Lord, His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, His mercy endures forever. Now, look, if you were in battle, you know that's not how you'd do things, right? You'd be like, let's put the biggest dudes out front, right? Let's get out the heavy artillery. Let's get ready to go to war. We're going to take these guys out. The Lord said, no, I've got it all taken care of. i got it all taken care of. I got all the resources you need. I got all the angel army that you need. I got everything you need, and I know how to defeat these guys. All I need you to do is believe me, is trust me, is trust me. And so when they began to praise the Lord, I wonder what would have happened if they would have stayed back in the camp. Nothing. I wonder if they hadn't praised the Lord. Nothing. But when they began, when they That's what God's waiting on you for. What do you praise God for in advance? God, I praise you that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. God, I praise you that you are my provider, that you provide all my needs. I praise you for my family that's all living for you, Lord God, that me and my whole household are saved. Well, pastor, I mean, come on, you see the stuff that's going on. I can't praise the Lord for that. Well, then you'll never have a change. It'll never happen. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you the facts here. Praise is a sharp two-edged sword of the Spirit. When we begin to praise Him, everything begins to change. Uh, I got just a few minutes here, so I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and do this. Jonah had a lot of trouble. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. He absolutely refused to go. And When he refused to go, he didn't just not go. He actually tried to go the other direction to Spain. He's trying to go 1,400 miles away from where he's at. So he wants to go to Spain to get away. He can't get away, which is a great message for all of us that you can run from God, but you can't outrun God, okay? You just can't do it. So Jonah, he, he like totally rebels. Well, you know the whole story of the scriptures that this... He, they throw him in the water, a big fish swallows him up, and I mean, it looks like this is it, and he's down in this fish's belly, and it wasn't like, you know, Geppetto in the whale's belly, you know, that Figaro's in there, and okay? Um, in fact, I want you to turn with me to Jonah, uh, the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. The book of Jonah. And where is Jonah? Come on, Jonah. There it is. It's only four chapters, and they're small. If you find Micah, you'll find Jonah. <laughs> All right. 
So here's Jonah in the fish's belly. And look at verse 7 of chapter 2. Well, maybe I ought to read verse, a couple of these other verses here. The water surrounded me in verse 5, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Uh, now, there was no lantern down in that fish's belly. So it's dark, and it's wet, and there's water everywhere, and it smells like fish. Right? The water surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. He said, I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But verse 9, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah on dry land. See, when they began to praise, when Jonah began to praise God and offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving, that's when everything turned. In our world today, when things are bad, guess what we're taught to do? Complain about it, right? Nobody knows the sorrows I've seen. Nobody knows my troubles, right? Everything's bad. Everything's, and, it, and, it, and it's like dominoes. See, when th- one thing's bad in your life, then something else becomes bad in your life. Then something else because, because it's got you in the trap. But see, when you and I begin to praise the Lord, I didn't say that we stand there and go, God, I praise you for the difficulty. I'm not praising you that my cow's hanging halfway out the window, okay? I'm not praising you that, you know, that somebody broke into my property. I'm not praising you for any of that. But here's what I am praising you for. You're with me right now in all of this. You're going to guide me through this, Lord God. I praise you in the midst of the storm. Didn't say thank God for the storm. I praise you in the midst of the storm. And here's what happens. Your system that God created in closing, the system that God created you for, to operate in, responds to praise. It changes your emotions. It changes your attitude. It changes your perspective about where you're going and about what's happening. Think of what being critical and negative about your life does. What does it do to you? It brings you down, and it brings everybody around you down or causes them to avoid you. But when we begin to praise, it is built within us by God. It is built within us by God that when praise comes out of our mouth, faith is being released. And this environment around us will respond to this. It will respond to negative criticism or it will respond to praise and positive things that we say out of it. It will respond to it. it. We're created that way. They took two groups of kids. True story. There was 10 in each group, little kids. Took them in to, to, to split them up, put them in different classrooms, and they said to the one group of kids when they came in, they said, now, this test we're going to have you do, and it was taking little blocks and putting them into the right holes. They said, you, this is a very tough test. You, you probably won't get it all done. You can't accomplish it. We recognize that as you're starting that you can't do it. 
but just give it your best try. But nobody's ever finished it. It'll be really tough for you to do, but have at it. Kids struggled. They kept looking at, you know, they would see the star block and think, oh, oh, oh yeah, that goes there. Nobody completed, out of all 10 kids, nobody completed it. The other group of kids they brought in, they said, now this test, piece of cake. You'll do it with no problem at all. Everybody finishes it. It'll be, a, it'll be awesome. You'll probably finish before the time is up. Every kid, all 10. That's not a coincidence, okay? All 10 sat down in that classroom. When they did that test, every one of them completed that test and completed it early. Why? Because we respond to praise. Our nature responds to praise. Our world responds to praise. Our environment responds to praise. What do I do when things go bad? I seek the Lord. And I start releasing my faith by praise. I start releasing my faith by praise. You know, we're, it's awesome for us today because we have so much stuff available to us, music that's available that we can praise the Lord. But the greatest song that you ever sing to the Lord isn't somebody else's song. It's your song. It's your song of praise. Amen. It's one no one probably will ever hear you sing in church. But that's okay because it isn't the church that needs to hear it. You need to hear it. God needs to hear it. Stand up with me if you would. Did you get anything out of this today? Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Father God, I pray right now. Lord God, for those who are in trial, Lord, we, their faith, God, physically, some that feel like on every front, Lord God, they're dealing with something. God, we all know what it's like to feel overwhelmed. But I love how your word says so clearly as David cried out and said, Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Put me on a high place. Get my perspective different, Lord God. And so, Father God, I pray today, Father God, for those who are struggling, who aren't sure about the future, Lord God, who aren't sure about where things are headed in their, in their immediate uh, life today even, Lord God. They're not sure if they'll have the money to pay that bill. Or, Lord, they're not, they're not sure what the doctor's report's going to be tomorrow when they go in for their, uh, their information. Father, I just pray right now that, God, that your presence would be so strong. Lord, that our focus would be on you and not on all this other stuff that's going on. Father, that we would be able to keep our thoughts and our mind directed to you because you give us perfect peace when our mind is stayed upon you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Huh. So I heard the Lord say, um, <laughs> and I know this is out of a commercial, so it's going to sound kind of stupid, but set it and forget it until I tell you the next thing to do. Stop worrying about it. Set it where it needs to be. Forget it. Leave it there. 
and then I'll speak to you when it's the right time. And victory will come. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Father, I boldly declare in this place today that the spirit of fear has no power over people's lives, over their minds, Lord God, over their hearts, Jesus. Father God, I thank you that the anointing of the spirit, Lord God, that comes from you, not from me, but the anointing of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, destroys every yoke of bondage. So those who may be bound by the past, those who may be bound by today, things that are going on, or the future. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I declare over you freedom, liberty, in his mighty and holy name. Now lift your hands to heaven and begin to thank him that it's done. Come on, do it by faith right now. Lord, I praise you that I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from depression, God. I'm free from anxiety. I'm free, Lord God, from cancer. I am free, God. I thank you, Lord God, for the freedom. For the whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. And God, I lift my hands to you that I am free. 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 In the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask our leadership team if you'd come here to the altar with me and we're going to pray here in just a minute.